What's up, buds? Today, we're talking about Jojo Rabbit. Before we get into all that, just wanted to say thanks for listening. I'm just getting all this stuff off the ground, kind of taking a shotgun approach to get this whole thing started. This is the movie podcast. I'm on YouTube and on Instagram. I have a new Creative People podcast that I'm launching this week, so look out for that. Please follow and subscribe and all that jazz. That really helps me out, and I want to connect with you. Okay, that's it. Here we go. Jojo. Jojo Rabbit is directed by Taka Watiti. Taka Watiti is from New Zealand. He directed Thor Ragnarok and Hunt for the Wilder People. He directed What We Do in the Shadows. He did some episodes of Flight of the Concords and Eagle vs. Shark. So, you know, that's a pretty good resume. This year, he wrote and directed Jojo Rabbit, which is up for Best Picture, Best Actress for Scarlett Johansson, and Best Adapted Screenplay. So let's get into it. What is Jojo Rabbit all about? Well, Nazis. It's about Jojo, the 10-year-old boy of the film, and he's a wannabe Nazi. I love Takabatiti, and I would probably see anything he does. But when I first heard about this movie, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And then the trailer came out, and I was like, okay, your dress is Hitler. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you want to make a comedy about Nazis, especially in this climate? I think there's something that we lose sight of sometimes. Offensive things like Hitler or Nazis, they're not offensive because they're taboo. We're not little snowflakes that can't handle talking about Nazis. They're offensive because Nazis are evil and they did horrible things. That's not something to be made light of with silly Hitler jokes. But on the other hand... Jokes can take the power away from something. They can take something scary and evil and take the balls out of them by laughing at it. That's powerful. So there's a tightrope that Taka is walking here. Another question I think he had to ask himself is why? If you're going to take on something as loaded as Nazis, I think you should have some reasons beyond wouldn't it be funny to make some money taking the piss out of Hitler. Thankfully, he's doing more here much more. And other than a few moments that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, he walked that type rope perfectly. I found Jojo Rabbit hilarious, but also heartbreaking. It expanded my view of war, specifically the people caught in the middle. And that's important because movies have to stand on their own. It doesn't matter how much I love Takabatiti or any director. That love is only going to take you so far. And here he took it about as far as it can go. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit hits the ground running, literally, as a twisted, upside-down world Wes Anderson movie. There are these great moments of childhood innocence framed in the context of Nazi propaganda. So they are both jarring and very funny. I grew up evangelical. One of the weird things about this was that I related in some way. I grew up going to Sunday school and and like church camp. So, like, kids um, say these very intense things about the body and the blood of Christ, and we didn't know what we were talking about. So, we'd do these, like, Bible verse shootouts with verses that are, like, about sin and hell and, like, death. 
adult things. And we, a Bible verse shooting, in case you don't know, is where two kids uh, go back to back and they go one, two, three, and then they turn around and they point their fingers at each other and they say a Bible verse really quickly. And the one who says it the quickest is the winner. That's a Bible verse shootout. And they'd be just like random verses from the Bible. So in a weird way, I related to this camp because they're both indoctrinating kids, except for like one's evil. So the lead kid, Roman Griffin Davis, is flat out a revelation. He carries the whole movie effortlessly. It's a role, it's a role that demands everything, like the whole spectrum. He really is something to watch. And him and his little friend, they are so cute. It on it, it made my heart crack in half. But they're both so good that it's not cheesy at all. It it's that's not easy. For me, the heart of the movie is JoJo's relationship with his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson. To be honest, I wasn't expecting much from Scarlett Johansson in this movie, even though she's nominated for her role. We all know that the Academy sometimes gives nominations to people just because they like them, and not necessarily because the work that they did this year was all that great. Looking at you, Irishman. Little Irishman shade there. Here's a little aside in regards to Scorsese. There has been a bunch of back and forth over the last few weeks about what is cinema because of some comments that Scorsese made. And I'm not going to retread any of that here, but I will say this one thing. I love the model of someone like Takawatiti making a big, silly Thor movie and then turning around and making a small, silly, heartfelt, empathetic World War II movie that's the power of cinema. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Moving on. So Roman, the kid, Jojo, and his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, they're so special together. She's the seasoned professional actor, and he's a 12-year-old kid. Another aside, there's something uncomfortably Freudian about my love for Scarlett Johansson's character. I grew up with a single mother, and... They captured that connection so perfectly here. So I was relating to that, but then it was Scarlett Johansson and she's so beautiful and she's so charming. So like that aspect just made me feel both like I was loving it and also uncomfortable. All right, moving on. No more asides. Not since the movie Room have I been so invested in a mother-son relationship. See, now it sounds awkward when I say it. I Anyway, it doesn't hit the depths of the movie room, but it does capture the everyday bond and love between the parent and the child. It's the relationship that brings a crushing weight to the movie. And that caught me off guard. There is a lot of drama in this movie. And for a director like Taco Tee, he hasn't done a lot of drama. So that was a little bit of a surprise. It is not easy to juggle comedy and drama. A lot of directors have attempted it unsuccessfully. It reminded me of how well Parasite handled its kind of wild tone shifts. Um, This movie is not quite as strong as that, but it's the same kind of tension. But like in a good way, it keeps you on edge. One of the other things I admire about this movie is that there's something alive that sometimes gets lost in other movies about war. For instance, like 1917, it's the people that are caught in the middle. The whole movie is about a little family 
caught in the middle and how it's affecting them. It's affecting them all differently. Being caught in the middle is scary. As glorious as movies like 1917 can look, I think inside of all of us is a 10-year-old kid that's scared and just wants to belong. It just who just wants to be, you know, safe in their home. Um, and it's through this lens that we get to look at the war. And I really connected with that aspect of this movie. There was something very relatable about being caught in the middle. How would that play out in your family? On one end, you're being told that the people that you're fighting are evil and you're not sure who to believe. That's that's scary. And it's something that Jojo Rabbit explores really effectively. Another thing that they explore effectively for me was we have to confront our demons. It doesn't matter if they are inherited or of our own making. Eventually, we have to take responsibility for how we are going to deal with them going forward. And that's something that's relevant no matter what time you're in. Because we have to look at the things that we've inherited and the things that we've, the mistakes that we've made ourselves and take responsibility for them and do what we can to make tomorrow better. The flip side of this is that there were a few things in the movie that uh, made me feel uncomfortable. It had to do with Jojo's interactions with Elsa She's the Jewish girl that Jojo meets, and the movie gets a tad close to only using her for Jojo's character development, and there's one moment that really rubbed me the wrong way. But all of this matters because she's Jewish, and she and her people were the main victim of what the Nazis were doing. Sure, Jojo's family was also a victim because they were kind of caught in the crossfire, but Her family was the real victim, and to use her just for JoJo's character development is wrong. And they don't quite get there, but it's close. Thankfully, the actress who plays Elsa, she brings so much warmth and depth to the role. But I think the movie owed her a little more than they gave her. It's not a deal breaker, and the way they end it is so strong that it's easy to forget all that by the end. Speaking of the end of the movie, it so, so worked for me. The journey it brought me on is why I go to the movies. When the music kicks in and it starts to fade, it just landed so well. Connections between each other and with art is one of the enduring hopes of the whole movie. It's the kind of movie that encourages us to confront our demons and then dance because we're free and we're people. So I highly recommend Jojo Rabbit. It, for the most part, worked for me. It's funny and heartbreaking. It's silly with a soul. Great music. They do these German covers of pop songs that are, man, just clicked. Great cast. Special shout out to Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen, the one and only Theon Greyjoy. Those two found a special little space in my heart. I would love to hear what you thought. You can connect with me on social media and over at our YouTube channel. Go on and do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. Give me a follow. Super appreciate it. Anyway, that's it. See you next time. See ya.